Hello. Hello. Oh my God. Hi. Hi. How's everybody doing during the heat wave? During the heat wave and during a holiday weekend. Happy Labor Day, Matthew. Happy Beyonce's birthday. <laughs> yes, that is the um, national holiday we should be celebrating. Exactly. And in honor of Beyonce's birthday, we are still working during a heat wave. Yes. And this is our work. Our work is getting online, talking to our friends, and recording a podcast. Don't it, hate that. Yeah. And guys, we're exhausted. <laughs> we're exhausted and I'm, hot. I hate to be that person, but I'm actually well rested. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> wonderful. Good for you. It's not like you had to like be up at work to go to work today mm-hmm. or not like you have to be at work tomorrow like I do. And um, I just, again, not, I feel like I'm bragging. I don't mean to brag, but I'm. Uh, this is the best time to have central air and I have it now and it's great. Oh, <laughs> that is good. It's yeah. really good. Congratulations. Yeah, I mean, that air conditioner in our old place, it goes. Oh, the air conditioner in my apartment is just a miracle worker. You turn it on for three minutes and then you're like, you know what? We're done. Exactly. Like, and then I'm you turn freezing. it off. And also I feel like the way the apartment is, like you're kind of very shaded. Yes. It is much better in that apartment. If we were in the apartment before Ooh, that one. Guys, for this our apartment from 2014 to 2019, we would be boy. It would be oh. seven o'clock at night. That like, it, like oh. five o'clock to like seven thirty, seven forty-five was the worst time of day. And we had blackout curtains on both of those giant windows, and it was just like fuck your curtains. Yeah, that's why in like all the two gay mats videos that we recorded in that apartment, like my hair is just like <laughs> down <laughs> to my nipples. It was a different time. I'm so glad we've evolved since then, and things are even better. And now we feel better and we look better. Oh, and you know who taught us that? Beyonce. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Two Game Mats podcast. It's Matt Palmer. And it's Matt Steele. And we're back again. Another week, a holiday weekend. B's birthday, Labor Day. Matt Steele, how yes, are you? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah, my week was pretty good. I did some fun things. I saw our friends Brian and Blythe, who just had a baby, little Milo. So I got to meet little Milo. Oh, introduce you. myself. Milo is like vaguely redheaded. Which oh. Was, which came as a shock. I love that. And so I'm like, oh, this could be my child. <laughs> so I don't think it is. If I know how children work, I don't think it's your child. You know, I, I'm still learning how children okay. work. So I'm not positive. Maybe I, one day. I haven't day. gotten the talk yet. <laughs> Um, my, my mom's in the, the live chat. Maybe she'll explain it in the live chat. Mm. Um, what else did I do? I did my uh, friend Raul. He uh, brought me over to his place. He does uh, podcasts, like story podcasts and everything. Uh-huh. And uh, he uh, had me record a voiceover reel. He's Ooh. like, hey, I want to start and develop a business where I record people's like voiceover reels. That's awesome. So he like came up with all these different characters for me to do. And uh, all this like copy for me to read and hey. these different voices and some commercial copy and everything. And so I had fun doing that for a couple hours and he told me how wonderful he thought my voice was. And I was just like, really? Most people think my voice is annoying. Hey, you have made, we're on a podcast. People listen to your voice on purpose throughout the week. I feel like you being a voiceover artist makes a lot of sense. Sure. Yeah, I guess this is the, bud, the uh, budding of my new career. I feel like you need a little bit more passion about it. If you're really <laughs> going to do it because I've never seen well, you know, dead or eyes. Well, you know, I I also like people to see my face. Oh my, my god! As someone face. who's been the voice in Les Mis, I'm telling you, <laughs> it's a lovely time. Sometimes it's nice just to get in the, the back voice. and just be like, you <laughs> and everyone on stage reacting. Yes. Like, oh my god, who is that? I'm the enemy on the other side. Yes. And you're like, I know. 
Uh, yes. So it's like, man, the enemy really got those runs down. <laughs> exactly. Matt Palmer, what did you do this week? Uh, this week, uh, I'm trying to think what I did. Oh, well, last night was our friend Tim's birthday, and he had a uh, murder mystery birthday party, which was very fun. Oh, that's right. You told me about that. That's super yes. cute. It was so cute, and it's something that he'd been wanting to do for a couple of years now for his birthday. Uh, but, you know, because of COVID and not being able to get a lot of people together, mm-hmm. he had delayed it. And so we got to go. We met the wonderful actors. You did a great bang-up job. You know, I was Bing Cagney, my name was. And um, it was, like, set in the 40s, and I was an actor. It was at a movie premiere, and I didn't get the part uh-huh. for a, a, for people in the movie. And so I was upset, and I was like, oh, Grant's a piece of shit. I should have gotten that part. Yeah, and, so you um, were thinking of killing them. Right. But I guess you didn't. I, just, I guess you were not the murderer. My motive the whole time was be like, I think it was Grant. <laughs> okay. So it was fun. I mean, it was hard to actually figure out who killed the you know, the person who was killed. And when we found out, I was like, okay, sure. But it was very fun, even if, like, the game of it all, I feel like it wasn't like, like, escape rooms, it just, for example, are so well thought out. And then, yes. like, they have thought of literally every single thing. In this story, it felt like there could have been some edits to be done. Or, like, some just to, to point us more in the direction of the solution. But, you know, I like that because it gives you a little more unpredictability, a mm. little more like, oh, is this a clue that's important or is it just willy-nilly? You say that, but it was, I mean, I, there was... I feel like two people got it right and they just guessed out of nowhere. Well, I so, mean, hey, can't fault them for being lucky. <laughs> uh, also this week, or just this weekend, we are taking care of a tortoise. I don't know if you saw my Instagram story, but uh, Jackson's sister is out of town and she has a tortoise named Harry. And so Harry is here in his big, you know, aqua- what would you call that? Like, not a cage. It's like a it's like aquarium. A, aquarium style cage, yes. I would say. Um, and so Harry's here and we cut up, you know, some lettuces and cucumbers and bananas and watermelons for him to eat. He should be getting more vegetables than fruits. I've been giving him more vegetables. I feel like Jackson's giving him too many fruits. <laughs> well, you know, but, he's visiting the uncles. He, he's got to be spoiled I a guess, little bit. But I'm like, these are the I, You know, I love a rule. And I was given a list of rules. And the rule was more vegetables than fruits. Yeah. If I, you kill Harry, oh, then it's it, it's not even on the table. Live there, I mean, I feel like for uh, Harry's parents, uh, his Jackson's sister and his sister's husband, they lose Harry all the time. They're always like, oh, we put Harry like just in the apartment and like. There's no way to find him. And so that's happened to us one or two times. Because okay. it's like we want Harry to walk around and explore the space. But there was a moment where we all were like, oh, I thought Harry was in the cage. He was not. He had moved all the way to the back to the guest room by like the weightlifting. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Harry wanted to lift some weights. I, well, you know. <laughs> it's, you know, he wants to get jacked. You know, he's ready. And I think that's great. So Harry's very healthy, eating his veggies, getting stronger by the second. That's great. You know, I used to have a turtle. I remember. What was your yeah. turtle name? My turtle's uh, name was Stevie. Stevie and Harry would have been friends. Stevie was a like. very small little. It was a little box turtle. Harry's big. Um, oh yeah, Harry is quite large. Yeah, yeah. and he moved. Honestly, for I feel like for everything that we were told as children, Harry moves pretty fast. Turtles go fast. Like, I mean, they, they run away, and you're like, where did they go? Exactly. <laughs> like, like if yeah. you keep your eye off them for one second, they're you know down the street. Yeah, and I feel like that's not what the tortoise and the hare led us to believe. So you know. Maybe we should sue. It's like having a toddler. Mm. But yeah. Harry's doing great. Uh, lastly, just a random thing I was doing. I was like getting, sometimes you upload songs to this performing rights organization called ASCAP. I put out a new song called Hurricane, available now. And Chemistry, and I was just like uploading the information, being like, okay, Hurricane is out, Chemistry is out. If I want to like try to pitch this for like syncs or whatever and try to get on TV shows, blah, blah, blah. You can do that. So I was uploading that and I went to this page called Q Sheets on the ASCAP site. And I was like, oh, this, I guess, is the list of the shows that my music's been featured on. I was like, oh, yes, Big Time Rush. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, it was on the Today Show. I the song Everything I put out in 2014 um, was used on the Today Show for something. And then I see another row that says The Young and the Restless. Excuse me? And I'm like, oh. 
What song was I on Young open and the, the thing and my song I don't want it was featured on two episodes of Young and the Restless in January and February. And I did sell the publishing to that song to this publishing company. That was that was their job. It was like, try to get the song. They're like, we really like the song and like we want to try to get it synced, whatever, whatever. Uh-huh. But like, they have not reached out. They have not been in touch with me about this placement on two episodes of television. I'm like, well, what's happening here? Like, I need now I need to go back and watch a Young and the Restless episode to like get a clip of it. Apparently, they played about that's, half the song in the episode. That's so many episodes too, because it's like five days a week. I know, soap operas. I know. So yes, yeah, so there are two episodes of the Young and the Restless that feature Matt Palmer music. So hopefully, I will find them and hear them, and hopefully, I will receive payment for them at some point because <laughs> yeah. no one reached out. <laughs> We've got to have some uh, soap opera stand in the chat right now who can help us out with that honestly it's oh my God. wild that i mean but i mean it's good but it's just like it, it does seem like something you'd tell you'd be like hey, right fyi yeah great news up. well so i'll let you know that i will let you know how that all shakes out but it was a shock to me today before and then today is also jackson's mom's birthday and so we went to the beach for a bit she wanted to have a little beach day and then i was like we drove like an hour and 15 minutes couldn't park for so long uh, got to the beach probably at like 250 and then by 445 i was like well, I need to head back. <laughs> Y'all have a fun rest of your day because we have to record the podcast. And you oh, know what? Happy birthday. Happy uh, birthday. Mrs. Jackson's, Mrs. Mrs. Jackson's yes, mom. Yes, Mrs. Jackson's Mrs. mom. Jackson. We don't want to say Jackson's last name. Does it matter? Oh, no. Okay. Well, should we jump <laughs> in? Happy birthday. Happy birthday. I think she's having a lovely one. Uh, should we jump into the news for ADS? Sure. Let's go. Okay. So, um... The first thing we, I think we should discuss, because it relates to you somewhat, sure, is Billy Eichner this week got in some hot water because um, I guess Billy Eichner had been uh, interviewed, I think, for Variety magazine, and his new film, Bros, is coming out the end of this month, and he was talking about how he was the first... Um, co-writer and star as an openly gay man of a major motion picture that's been released to theaters. Something to that effect. Yes. Uh, The quote he gives in this article is, this is not some streaming thing, which feels disposable, or which is like one of a million Netflix shows. I needed to appreciate that this is a historic moment, and somehow you're at the center of it. You helped create it. Um, And so, while this is exciting, we're excited for Billy. This is quite a moment. It felt like we are really ignoring Fire Island, which was released very recently, was, you know, Searchlight Pictures, even if it was a Hulu streaming exclusive, it still was a major release written by Joel Kim Booster, openly gay, co-starring Joel Kim Booster, openly gay. It had like an all-gay ensemble cast. Right. Yeah. So it just seemed a little... Short-sighted, Short-sighted. I As someone yeah. who has written yes. and co-starred in a film and you are openly gay, how do you feel about Billy's comments? I, I mean, here's the thing. Like, Billy is not incorrect <laughs> in what he has to say. It is the first, you know, a gay like romantic comedy written by a gay guy that uh, is featured on a big screen yes. in theaters and everything. And that is something, obviously, to celebrate. It's just that it coming so soon after Fire Island seems like it's shaved towards Fire Island. But I... I very much do not. I imagine Billy Eigner and Joel Kim Booster and every, everyone involved in both movies are good friends. <laughs> Absolutely. They're all gay comedians who like have worked together before, and I'm sure. And Bowen Yang's in both of the movies. <laughs> so. That's true, yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm sure it was just like an oversight he wasn't thinking and everything. I'm sure he didn't mean anything by it. You it know. just wasn't a great look. And um, I'm excited to see Bros, Bros, but I will, you know, not to be that guy, but I mean, I saw clips because I think he was featured during uh, the Bachelorette finale, or not, the, excuse me, the Bachelorette Men Tell All that was last week. And 
I am going to wait and reserve my judgment for when I see the film in full, but I feel like the more of the clips that, that are least, uh, you know, being pandered out into the public, mm-hmm. it looks okay. Okay. <laughs> like, I want it to be great, and I don't know if we're there yet. But uh, Joel responded today on his uh, Twitter or Instagram or something, a wolf, I've been in the desert for 10 days with no phones, so I'm not entirely sure what happened, but I feel like I should say, Billy was my first comedy boss, is my friend, and has supported me in countless ways in the process of making Fire Island. And ultimately, our movies have very little to do with each other. Um, it seems like he was pretty inarticulate in his excitement about his movie getting a theatrical release, which is really fucking cool, and something I'm sure the studio and his publicist is making him talk about constantly. God knows I've said plenty of double shit without a publicist's help, blah, blah, blah. Seems like they're all good. Yeah. The worst thing Joel says in the whole thing is like maybe he was being inarticulate. And it's like, that's fine. It seems like they're fine. Let's not pile on this Billy Eichner thing because it's still a win for the LGBTQ community. Yeah. I hope this movie is good. Fire Island I thought was very cute. I enjoyed it very much. And hopefully this just keeps the ball rolling. More and more. All we want is more gay art, more queer art. And then that's Steele. Should be next in line. Hey, hello. I, I am next in line. And Should so- be. Uh, well, the, the exciting <laughs> thing about this for me was I was kind of like, okay, oh, what can I like say? Devos was the first. Yeah. I was like, is it the first gay movie with a gay protagonist where there is no romance oh. at all? That's probably not true. Right. Uh, but then I can say it's the first movie with a gay protagonist where there's no romance and that homosexual has red hair. Okay, this is, we're really getting niche. Matt Steele, <laughs> pioneer, ladies and gentlemen. I Check out Devo's available now. I don't know that the Guinness Book of World Records is going to accept that. Whatever, <laughs> I can still tweet it. You I can, can still tweet it. I don't know it. if that'll fit in the like 240 characters, actually. <laughs> so I don't know that you can. That's okay. I can uh, re-quote tweet the initial tweet with the the um, the the note. The okay. A- the asterisk note. Looking forward. With a redhead. Looking forward <laughs> to all of that. Um Last week, I erroneously said that Serena Williams might have played her last match. That wasn't true. She had just started the U.S. Open, but she has since played her last match. She lost to um, a tennis player whose name I do not know and cannot pronounce. I apologize at the U.S. Open. But the fact that Serena... I, let's just read some of her statistics because you know I love statistics. 92 wins of the Australian Open, 69 wins the Roland Garros, I don't know what that is. 98 wins at Wimbledon, 108 wins at the U.S. Open. She is a champion so many times over. She announced that this U.S. Open would be her last tournament in vogue. And um, it just is unbelievable what she has accomplished in her lifetime. It's such a white sport that she has been dominating for such a long time mm-hmm. that you forget how important it was when people first saw her out there on the court. Her and Venus were just the biggest things in the world and she has maintained at the top of her game since then. And it's just even the lady who beat her on the court, obviously, the end of that match or like the post match was not about this girl at all it was all <laughs> about praising Serena and she is a Serena stan as well because I feel like anyone who picks up a racket in this day and age has to be a Serena fan oh absolutely you know? and like when you go against Serena Williams like you're probably just petrified absolutely I mean congratulations to this woman and yes. everything but it was it was very exciting this whole it was the open right yes US Open uh, seeing because you, you people's eyes were glued to this because it was like is this going to be her last game I know is this, like you never knew if it was going to be her last game yeah. so everyone was watching all of the games to see so that matches was, was I ex- think yeah, they're called games they're not called games 
They're the same thing. No, they're, they're matches. I'm telling you. They're a sport, synonymous. They're not. A sports person would be annoyed that you're saying games. So I'm just correcting you so that we can be on the right side of history with the, the many sports bros who listen to the podcast. Are we trying to appease the sports bros? I've never tried to appease a sport bro, but I just thought it'd be good to correct. If yes. I said something wrong, you'd correct me because that's what friendship's about. That's not technically wrong. It is wrong. <laughs> no, it's wrong. And that's why I corrected you. You're know. welcome. I don't know. You're welcome. Maybe culturally in that culture, it's incorrect. No, it's a <laughs> textbook definition. You are wise. someone who gets mad at people for calling, you know, soundtracks. Oh, this is the same for them. <laughs> you know, we've got to reach across the aisle to the sports bros. This is their that. Mm, I don't Sa- know. I don't when people know. call cast recordings, um, yeah, when people soundtracks. call soundtracks. Yeah. Right. Well, because those are different things. Okay, well, this is what they would say. <laughs> <laughs> it's a match. Okay? <laughs> Next up, dark news. Oh, God. I hate having to say dark news. Well, okay, let me back up a couple of weeks because... The fact that we were talking about Aries Spears two weeks in a row. <laughs> I know. Wait, did we actually talk about Aries Spears, the Lizzo thing? I don't think thing? we talked about him in the podcast, but he was in the news He was in the in news. So Aries Spears got on Instagram or, or was being interviewed and made some comment about how he couldn't get over the fact that Lizzo looked like the shit emoji. And it's like Aries Spears, who is this person who was on Mad TV a million years ago and, you know, his comedy has not held the test of time. So you look back and it's a lot of making fun of fat women uh, and it just was like so gross and people rightly were like hey shut the fuck up you're not funny like Lizzo is honestly gorgeous and amazing and I don't know why you think you can put her down for some reason when she is clearly very healthy can dance her fucking ass off can like lead a show like it's just like people come after Lizzo for the dumbest shit it was just like needlessly rude needless like way. you don't need to you didn't need to talk about that like get yes. out of here and then this week there is much more devastating news. I'm going to put a trigger warning here. This is grooming related and child related. Tiffany Haddish and Ari Spears have been sued for allegedly grooming two children. Uh, apparently, there's a new lawsuit of uh, grooming a 14-year-old girl and her 7-year-old brother, coercing them to film explicit child pornography skits. Um, I have not seen the skit, but apparently the skit was on his YouTube channel up until this suit was filed. I think it has since been deleted or taken down. It was on there for that long? It was on there for a long, long time. And it's just like, I I don't want to get into more details of the story just because, again, we're trying to keep it light and fun on this podcast. But it's just so disgusting and revolting and like why this was ever okay or people didn't bat an eye when this thing went up because I think it was self-uploaded to Funny or Die. Funny or Die didn't have anything to do with the production of this skit. But it was uploaded there and uh, it just is so shocking to me that there was ever a time that that we lived through, probably in the past 10, 12 years, that people would not bat an eye at that kind of explicit child sexuality on screen in any capacity even if it's like a comedic sketch. It it was basically a sketch like mocking pedophiles and everything but still like uh, it was the premise was something that would not be made today. Oh my God. Well, my thing is kind of just like, there had to have been more people involved in the making of this. Like they had to have had some other type of producer, like helping to run the show and everything. Like Mm. where were they to, to say like, Hey, this is an awful, awful idea. Like, I, I'm just so blown away that it wasn't even considered even at the time, however long ago it was like, I'm, I'm blown away. I, I mean, it truly turns the stomach to think about. So hopefully, you know, these poor children are now adults, I assume, um, get what is owed to them and that this can all be put and that whatever punishment comes their way, if they really did this, which it seems like they did since there's evidence of this fucking skit, I, I, 
just whatever happens to them, I won't feel bad because they're that's fucking monstrous. Like I just can't imagine, can't fathom, and um, you know, my heart's got to those children and their families. Um, in a vaguely similar but more lighthearted news. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio refuses to date women over 25. <laughs> and the thing is, a chart had been made. People were kind of noticing why do all of his girlfriends, like, he's with them from 20 to 25, and then by 25, there's a breakup. And then he, it's just been announced that Leonardo DiCaprio, who is 47, and Camila Marone, who is 25, is the magic number for Leo, apparently, have broken up. And it's just, like, gross. Like, have, has Demi Lovato not taught us? with her brilliant 29, that this relationship is gross. Like, I feel like 47 and mm. 25. Like, I wouldn't date a 25-year-old now. And, well, my God, I know. And Could you what, imagine? What is it about, like, the age 25 specifically? Like, why not, like, bump it up to 26? I mean... Or 27. Isn't like, 25 when your brain fully forms? <laughs> I assume... I mean, it's it's when Adele released... 20, or wrote 25. That's true. And her brain was very developed then. It was very developed. She gave us some classics. Um, but, yeah, why, like, 25 specifically? And, like, why that number never... Like, you'd think he would at least, like, adjust for his age as well. Like, and it's less... And also, like, if you were Leonardo DiCaprio, and you knew that there were already like visual documentations and like charts and graphs being written about you and people your girlfriend. People are talking about this. This is a thing you are date, known to How do. about you try to date a fully formed adult? Because you're a fucking 50-year-old almost. Like, what's going on? Where's the PR people? What's happening? You know what? Maybe also, maybe it just didn't work out. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure, clearly it didn't, but like whoever. Or maybe her brain started like fully formed and, sh- and she realized like, oh, I'm dating a 50 year old. <laughs> Fuck that. He's fucking weird because he keeps dating children. Yes. So hopefully the next person that Mr. DiCaprio dates is somewhere in the age. Like I'm literally 35 or older. Is that so much to ask? You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll say 32. Okay. Yeah, just just uh, give some room for, for growth. <laughs> For him, for to, for to grow. Yeah. I just, it's really weird, and it's just so funny in that the someone 30s. Had, people in their thirties are amazing. Oh my god, people like I wouldn't know yet. <laughs> you um, absolutely do. But, no, but it's also like ver- yourself versus when you were twenty five. Myself now, I'm like so much more secure. I am so, and it's like god. maybe that's not what he wants. He doesn't want someone who's secure and like a fully formed human being and like happy with themselves. Yeah, but maybe that's maybe they dump him. I don't think <laughs> I don't they're think like, they're, I'm I'm fully secure now. I think it's a little bit too much of a coincidence. I mean, it I is. just would love him to, to date an adult. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a big ask, but Leo, if you're out there, if you're listening, date an adult. Date an adult. That's all I ask. That's real, truly all I ask. Oh, <laughs> I feel like the Britney news is just sad. Um, I didn't even like bother reading all of this Britney, like the stuff that happened with Britney this. Uh, week essentially that ITV interview, which was um, you know teased, that was a Kevin Federline interview that Jaden James also speaks in, mm-hmm. was released, and so Jaden says something like, "If social media helps her, so if that's what she wants to do, uh, I'm not going to hate her for that." At the same time, she should come to the realizations that whatever it is that stops her from loving her family, it's almost like she has to post something on Instagram to get some attention. This has gone on for years and years and years, and there's a high chance this will never stop, but I'm hoping that she will stop. Uh, And then Brittany had a response on Instagram, which is long and involved, and I don't want to go into it, but she's essentially like, I have paid for your father's life for the past 15 years. Yeah. Which is true. I did see that. (laughs) And it ends with, if you think your Mima and Peepaw are good people, then you're right. I have failed as a mother. 
because how could you how could you stand by while they held me hostage for this long? And it's like I just I mean, I feel like we say this every week and every time something comes up about her and the kids, but it's like I wish they got taken offline. Like I would I love to know nothing more about this family situation because it's just so sad. It's just sad. I hope there's a happy ending. I hope no more books are written by people that aren't Britney Spears capitalizing off of this Fisher. Mm-hmm. And I just want I just want happiness for her and those kids. And, you know, and I guess Kevin can be happy too, but that doesn't concern me as much. I just I just want it to be private and yeah. I want everyone to be in good spaces. Yeah. Right? I agree. And I'm sure we'll talk about something new next oh, week. Oh, I don't want Hopefully that. Hopefully it's happier. Did you see that Shia LaBeouf has admitted that his whole story in uh Honey boy that he suffered from childhood abuse from his father was made up. I think that's kind of iconic. Like, oh my god! <laughs> I, like, I, I mean, I, I kind of weirdly predicted it. Like, I was kind of like, I don't know. Something about this seems attention grabby. Um, I have not seen Honey Boy, but I hear he's very good in it. Um, I, but uh, yeah, I mean, hey, I guess he did what he needs to do to get the <laughs> film made. <laughs> Just, uh, I just, I mean, I feel like there's no argument that Shia LaBeouf's dad is like a great guy because apparently there's stories of him on set being a bit of a terror and a monster. But yeah. it's like, I couldn't like li- lie about something like that so about, publicly like my about father? your father, about That's your parents. Like, why? Just to get a movie made? I know. Like, what it was the thing is, like, why hasn't his father said, like, hey, this is not. True. Like, I mean, he? I don't. I mean, I. I don't know. I don't think he's a public person. Maybe mm-hmm. he doesn't want to go to the press. Didn't want to go to the press. But apparently, when the movie came out, the dad was basically like, "Hey, all that stuff in the movie wasn't in the script because Shia had sent him a different script that did not include a lot of that abuse." And it's like, this is Shia. That's so fucking shitty. Shia is a shitty person for a million fucking reasons. I mean, and like, it just is. We're, we're adding to the pile of why this guy doesn't need to be in Hollywood or like in our faces at all. He of course got cast in a movie this week. <laughs> I don't even remember what the movie was, but. I was like, of course he did. Because let's say it with me now, cancel culture isn't real. So we need to stop saying that. Um, but piece of shit. I mean, it's just like exhausting. It's just ex- just one of those actors that's just like chooses to actively be exhausting at all times. Absolutely. And um, I don't need more of that. And you really don't need to because like you're talented enough to not have to be exhausting well, to like be successful. And it's just ex- I. I can't. It's a, I'm exhausted, and I think the ship has sailed. Like he's talented, but he's not fucking Meryl Streep. We can live without him. I, the thing is, like, even if he was like Meryl Streep, like we can live without. We him. can like, live without there him. Are many people who are just as talented, right? Like, see that Simon Cowell is going to be the first guest on the Jennifer Hudson show. No, and this is the, the new talk show. Is the first guest is going to be Simon Cowell? This reunion remarks the first time that Hudson uh, will sit down with Cowell, a formal a former judge on American Idol, since she placed seventh in season three of the singing competition series in two thousand four. I think that's appropriate. I, I think, think that's interesting. And in more Idol news, isn't today the twentieth anniversary of Kelly of Clarkson's Kelly crowning winning? Fuck, I know it's so depressing because <laughs> I I remember it clear as day. It <laughs> like, is. Like, and it's like, we've never as a country gotten anything else right. Yeah. So it's like Kelly Clarkson, Barack Obama, end of list. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, new next girlfriend wasn't even born yet oh! at this point. I, it's just, yeah, I don't know, but I, I think that's a, a very appropriate guess for the Jennifer Hudson show. And I have to say, a lot of people I see online, like mm. this like false narrative that Simon Cowell didn't support Jennifer Hudson on American Idol and trashed Jennifer Hudson. Simon Cowell, Definitely loved Jennifer Hudson okay. on American. Like he was always very supportive. The reason why she made it to the uh, finals was 
because they brought her because she didn't make it voting wise. Oh. And so Jennifer Hudson was a wild card that the judges brought. I remember in the semifinals, Jennifer Hudson sang Imagine and uh, it was fucking excellent. Right. And Paula and Randy were like, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And Simon was like, I thought it was great. I don't wow. know what everyone else is talking about. So I think a lot of people give Simon Cowell shit when it comes to uh, Jennifer Hudson and trying to create this narrative that he didn't like her when right. actually he really liked her. And I feel like he believed in her. I feel like this sit down should clear all that up then, right? I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, uh, and apparently the talk show host or the talk show also premieres like around her 41st birthday. And uh, to mark the occasion, the episode will be filled with celebratory moments and big surprises. I think it's funny that like the premiere week of her show, it's like, they're going to be so surprised, so many surprises you'd have no idea about. And it's like, we don't know what this show is. <laughs> it's all a fucking surprise. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't know what I you're going to go for, period. Right. So. I don't know what the vibe is. So okay. whatever, whatever. Okay, next up. Uh, did you see that The weekend lost his voice and canceled his show? Like Today. Was that today? It was like today. I think he posted about it. Oh, yes. It, apparently, it might have been last night. Oh, okay. uh, Because it's like he's on tour. I read night. it today yes. on the day of Beyonce's birth. Of course. And uh, so he performed like three or four songs then was like here he put it on uh, Instagram my voice went out during the first song and I'm devastated felt it go and my heart dropped my deepest apologies to my fans here I promise I'll make it up to you with a new date Uh, he canceled the show after two songs it's just like fuck could you imagine being at a concert that you were so excited about and I saw the funniest tweet. What? <laughs> what? Who, who, who apparently was there? Um, he like she like retweeted um, the weekend, and she was like, "I was there, and I did all that cocaine for nothing." <laughs> <laughs> It's like Jesus Christ. That's so funny. That is so funny, and in keeping with his vibe. But you know, <laughs> I you know I, I imagine like Mariah's had vocal issues. A lot of our lovely oh, ladies sure. have vocal issues, and I think you know that happens. Not to be rude, are his songs vocally demanding? But when you lose your voice, you lose your voice. But do you lose you know? it in the middle of a song? Like and like and I can tell when Mariah's voice is gone by the way he talked. His voice when he said, I'm canceling the show, sounded fine. Like, I don't know. I just am like, I mean, uh, these aren't the most vocally strenuous songs. And maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, audience of The weekend, if they had thrown on a CD and he was lip singing, they would not have cared. That's my <laughs> question. Like, I'm like, far be it for me to tell The weekend how to run his shows and right. he wants to do it all live show. But like, I feel like every performer by now knows you should have the backing track just ready. Just in case. Just in case. And... Uh, I, it, that should be a thing right. right and it's like we're not seeing Jennifer Hudson in concert we're not seeing Ariana we're not seeing you know uh, Whitney Houston may she rest like no one's there for the big giant vocals of the weekend because they're not there so throw on the CD they're there to see the show yes hear the music you know have some haunted masks or whatever is on the screen yeah and, you know get on with it <laughs> Get on. Get with on it. with it. That's our feedback. <laughs> I, you know, if I was in that audience, I'd be like, "Don't worry, guys, I got it." I would have taken the mic and mm. been like, "I can sing all these songs. I can't sing all of his songs." <laughs> I don't know the words. I don't. Know, I don't know them, but I could learn them quick if it meant me being on stage. This is random for me, but I just gotta say, the weird Al Yankovic biopic trailer is mm-hmm. so. 
fucking hilarious. It's so good. It is it's so good. Because of the way, because Weird Al obviously like spoofs people's songs yes. and the way this movie is so clearly spoofing the like biopics that they are churning Brilliant. out now. Brilliant. A stro- whoever's idea this was, a stroke of genius. It makes me very happy to watch. Also, I love that Daniel Radcliffe does the weirdest fucking shit. Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> is such an icon and a Iconic. legend and always does the best projects, always has the best attitude. He's so talented. Seems like such a sweetheart. He's a cutie too. Oh my God, he's so cute. Like he seems like the perfect celebrity in my opinion. <laughs> Daniel like Radcliffe him. is the perfect celebrity, I feel. I'll have to think on that, but I feel like as much as I like Andrew Garfield, I would say he's in a more likable version of Andrew Garfield because sometimes Andrew Garfield will be like I'm basically gay besides the sex and it's like Andrew <laughs> shut up <laughs> and I don't feel like Daniel Radcliffe would do that you know what I'm saying no oh yeah yeah but Daniel Radcliffe's always loved the gays yeah yes. I feel like Andrew Garfield hasn't done the that in a while hasn't I remember <laughs> I, I remember mean, we there yeah because it's just like what are we saying I know he when he was uh playing a uh, prior in um Angels in America on Broadway oh is that what it was yeah he was like I feel like I'm among the, I'm with the community and it's like can you name all of Jan Maxwell's Tony nominations I don't think so yeah so. name all of Mariah's number one hits what's your favorite Britney era like these are not questions you can answer sir but Please also don't. we love you, Andrew. Also we love you, Andrew. <laughs> if you want to come on the podcast, <laughs> um, the Creative Arts Emmys are in progress. They happened. There are like so many nights. I don't know what happened. All I know is that Adele got an Emmy. Congrats to her. So she now has an EGL. She just needs that T. She's got an ego. She's got an ego. She's got a big ego. Got a big ego. <laughs> I can't believe Beyonce doesn't have a fucking Emmy. Throw her an Emmy, guys. I mean, hey, what can you say? The year Lemonade came out was the same year that Grease Live came out, and Grease Live got that director Emmy. Mm. All right. Uh, is there any- was well directed, darling. <laughs> I, I know because I was directed by... Yes. Who was it? Who directed? Uh, Thomas Kale. He, directs, oh. he directed Hamilton. Oh, great. Yeah. I love that. And he directed student number 16 in Grease Live. Hey, we lo- my favorite character hey, in the, the film. best performance absolutely ever on, a, on a, a live musical i believe that broadcast uh, <laughs> is there any other news for idiots you'd like to share with the people i don't think so guys okay well we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back with more two game mats the podcast